Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills, 96.7 FM, 5.80 AM. However you're listening, thanks for joining in. Hope you're having a good evening. Next, we're going to be joined by Zach Heilprin, Sports Director on our sister station over in Madison. Covers the Badgers, covers Brewers. You're doing it all. Uh, Zach, how's your Thursday going? Doing great. That's good to hear. I wanted to ask you, you were traveling with the Brewers. Were you out in L.A. with the team, or did you did you stay home? Yeah, no, I, I, I went out to L.A. for uh, four days. It was really rough, obviously, uh, but somebody <laughs> had to do it, and I volunteered, so I got to go out there. Yeah, so what are your thoughts now that the series over? Look, they, they I think they exceeded expectations, no doubt. They came within a game of the World Series. How do we feel about this team after you've had a couple of days and I've had a couple of days to sit down after the series and reflect on the season? What are your thoughts after getting to cover this playoff run? Yeah, you know, I think everyone, as they talked about right after the game on on Saturday night, is it's going to sting. This is going to sting for a while, certainly because of how close you were able to get and you're only a game away from the World Series. You had everything set up perfectly, as they said. You, know, you got Justine, who had been uh, fantastic. You had Hader available. Had pretty much everybody ready to go. And you're at home, and you played so well at home, and did not have it. Uh, did not get it done. Certainly had to be a disappointment. But I think we can all agree that they were ahead of schedule, right? I mean, I think there was a lot of people that thought maybe that this would be a possibility next year, or the year after, as this rebuild uh, under uh, David Stearns, you know, had has come. And but you know, now we're a few days out. I think you have to. It's obviously a very big positive season. You win the Central, you come back and take the Central from the Cubs, you get to where you were, it is a positive season, and there's a lot to grow on. I mean, I know that you know there's people that are all upset that you have to capitalize when you're there, and there's no doubt about that, but I don't think this is going to be a situation in 2000, like, you know, in 2011 for, uh, you know, where you had a, that was it, you know, you, yeah. had, you had pretty much, you had, you had put a, pushed a lot of your chips to the middle. Um, they didn't do that this time, and so I think that they have you know, a, a bright future ahead, and I don't think that this is a situation where we're only going to be talking about this team in the playoffs one year. I think it's going to be, um, it's not going to be a seven-year wait before they get back. There is a, there is a definite different feeling this year than than 2008 and 2011. I will say that for sure, and I'm, I'm excited for the years to come. Uh, I, I do want to get into Badgers with you. Uh, it's been a while since we've talked. The Badgers are now 5-2 and two, uh, with a loss to BYU and a loss to Michigan, and the Michigan loss didn't really surprise me, I'll be completely honest. At 5-2, and two, what are our just overarching thoughts about this team? It's kind of a tough team to put my thumb on right now. Yeah, it's been all over the place. I don't think there's a consistent, <laughs> a consistent team. I don't know if we've seen the real... You know, I shouldn't say that. I, I think we have seen the real Badgers, and it's a group that is up and down, and you know, yeah. really know which one you're going to get. Kind of Jekyll and Hyde at times, but they have not been the team I thought that they were going to be. Certainly defensively, you thought they may have some early struggles simply because of all the guys they had to replace. But I thought offensively they'd make up for it. You know, when you bring ten guys back off that team, that that uh, starting group a year ago, and you saw what they did in the Orange Bowl, and you're expecting that to kind of uh, move in. And I, I was totally off base. I said they were going to score 40 points a game, and they've they've struggled. <laughs> they've struggled mightily offensively yeah. to get on track. And whether that's the offensive line being beat up towards the beginning of the season, maybe they just weren't as good as we thought they were. Um, I think you can point to a lot of different aspects, but it all obviously comes back, you know, and, and fair or not, comes back to Alex Hornibrook and um, you know what we saw in the Orange Bowl. Uh, I think paid too much attention to and maybe not enough attention to what we saw in the Big Ten Championship game against Ohio State where he struggled and the offense struggled. So, And as good as Ohio State was, and they're fantastic, um, you know, that may be more about who Alex is as opposed to what we saw in the Orange Bowl. Well, while we're on the topic, why don't we talk Alex Hornibrook? I, I can't figure him out. I, I, I'm not willing to say that he's good because of the Orange Bowl and because of the BYU game over a year ago now and simply put up with the bad 
the bad Alex Hornibrook, knowing that he can also be good, I, I, I think consistency is what makes a quarterback valuable. Where do we sit with Alex Hornibrook? I know I'm just asking you these big picture questions, but it's because I, I can't really put my fingers on it. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, probably should talk about the the short term here with him. Um, it's looking. Um, there's a report uh, from Bill Scott and the Wisconsin uh, Radio Network this morning, and I talked with Bill about it too. Uh, that uh, Alex is uh, not going to be available on Saturday to play against Northwestern, dealing with a concussion. Um, uh, reportedly a concussion. Uh, there's been no confirmation out of UW, but um, all signs are pointing towards him not playing on Saturday, at least wow. being questionable for that game, and that means Jack Cohn would get the start. So that short term, we may get a very good idea of uh, exactly how good Alex Hornibrick is uh, because we'll get to see another guy in his spot uh, against Northwestern in a, in a huge, huge matchup for Wisconsin if they have any hopes of winning the Big Ten West and then obviously getting them in winning the Big Ten. So that that's where things start stand there. And with Alex in general, big picture wise for him, um, I feel like he it's I don't think he's regressed. And I don't think he's a below average quarterback. I think he's been solid. I think he's been, you know, average. Um, and for a team that has ambitions of going and playing the college football playoffs and wanting to win a Big Ten and potentially win a big a national championship, you need more than that. And with as much talent as I believe that they have on offense, for them to struggle with it the way the way they have been, um, that a lot of that goes to the quarterback. So big picture, I don't think he's. I personally do not think he's good enough for them uh, if they want to win at at the highest levels. And he's been, you know, he's won a lot of games, but I don't think he has it. I don't think he has enough to be able to take them over the top. And I wouldn't have said that at the beginning of the year, but I think because um, I thought he would, he had really. I thought he was going to take another step. Thought he was going to make a jump, and he hasn't done it. Yeah, I, th- I think we were all waiting to see a jump or improvement, even if it was just slight. And, and that's shocking. I didn't know anything about that. So that's definitely something to watch. And, and thanks for the, the scoop there. I want to ask about the offensive line and Jonathan Taylor, too, because what I thought and, and from what we talked about on this program a couple of weeks ago, this offensive line was the best in the country and, and a lot of good draft, draft prospects. And in my mind, if you have that offensive line and even somebody who's in the Heisman conversation, let alone a, a finalist like Jonathan Taylor, you should be able to get by on that alone a lot of the times. Why has that group not looked as dominant as I think they probably should so far? Yeah, you know what? Their, their numbers are kind of their numbers are better than they were last year, at least you know wow. so far. I mean, Jonathan Taylor is averaging. He was at six point six last year. He's at six and a half this year. Taiwan deals over six yards to carry. Garrett Groshek's over six yards to carry. I think at the beginning of the year, because they missed so much time during fall camp. Um, and maybe I, I, they're not the tough guys to read their own press clippings, but I think you know maybe some of that attention uh, got to them a little bit, maybe got in their heads a little bit. Um, but you know, David uh, David Edwards um, was dealing with a shoulder injury through the first couple of weeks and, and was not playing at his level. And you know, I think it was it, it, they still really haven't decided on a left tackle yet. We've seen John Eaton in there. We've seen Cole Van Lannen. So it's been I think some moving pieces. Um, I think, but I, I do think in the last few weeks we've seen steps. We've seen growth. Um, they certainly were able to run the ball against Iowa, and then they uh, had a big game against Nebraska. Had the game not gotten out of control, or maybe someone had decided to, to run, call a few more run plays against Michigan. Maybe things are different there, but they yeah. ran the ball against Michigan as well. And then last week, um, you know, against Illinois, had no problems running the ball there either. So I think the offensive line is starting to to gel, and I think uh, they're going to be able to, especially this week against Northwestern and potentially you know, starting Jack Cohn, you're going to have to rely on them, and I think um, they're at the point now where I think you can. I, I do think they've made a strides, and they do have a lot of talent, and I think they're certainly getting to that point where um, 
we thought they may be at the beginning of the year. Sure. Well, so maybe that offensive line, they just don't look as dominant as they should, but the numbers and, and the results are, are supporting that. Uh, Zach, well, and that, and oh, that, go ahead. And, that, and that's because I don't think Jonathan Taylor's had like those huge, huge explosive runs that yeah. we saw last year. Like Those have been few and far between. Now, we saw... Uh, obviously, a, a one of them, you know, against Nebraska. But it's like for the most part, they have not been there, and so that I think maybe when you see big runs, you you think domination and explosion. But it, it takes just it takes more than the offensive line. I'll say that. But um, I would agree with you in the idea that they have not played at the level that we all thought they were going to throughout the year. But I think they may be getting there. Sure, absolutely. That that makes a lot of sense. Zach Heilprin from the Zone in Madison joining us. I, I wanted to ask you about Evanston. Because this was a place where the Badgers just couldn't win for the longest time. Now, I've never been there. I've, I've looked at pictures. I've read about it. I, I feel like I have a good idea of what it's like. I mean, it looks like a glorified high school stadium. What are your thoughts yeah. on Evanston? And I, I couldn't tell if that was a laugh or if that was just a scoff. But I did want to talk that about that a, a little that bit. That was an ugh. That was yeah. an ugh. You know, uh, I hate Evanston. Um, I shouldn't say hate. Hate's a strong word. I'm, I'm not a fan of Evanston. I don't. Like it's just a, it's a weird environment. They have that they have this stupid little wildcat roar every time anything something goes well. Oh, yeah. it, it plays over the PA and it's just you know it's it's um it's it just sounds it's annoying. You know, like every each every team has their little annoying thing. I'm sure everyone gets tired about the first intent Wisconsin thing that happens at Camp Randall. Yeah. And, you know, you have the the horn uh, in in Minnesota and, and the you know go pack go chant in Green Bay. And like, everyone has their things that people hear and it's like that's just just stop it. That's annoying. Um, but the stadium itself, yes, it's it's obviously the the smallest and the you know the least impressive out of anything in the Big Ten that I've been to and I've been to almost all of now. Um, but the, the football stadium is royalty compared to what what the basketball arena used to be. The basketball arena. Like it had two concession stands, two bathrooms. Like you, it was that was that was truly uh, looked like a high school. The football and just the environment at um, the environment at the football games is horrible. Um, you know, you have to bring your own energy. It's quiet, uh, and it, even when Northwestern's been good, it's not that tough of a place to play. But for whatever reason, Wisconsin has really struggled there. They won in 2016, but before that, they hadn't won there since 1999. It's been a house of horrors. Something always seems to pop up. The weather always seems to be horrible. Um, and, uh, you know, Northwestern, for the most part, has played Wisconsin good. They just, they've been a thorn in the side, whether it's been at Camp Randall or whether it's been down there. It's uh it's not an easy team to play, and it's it's a weird place to play. I give that program a lot of credit for what they have to deal with now in basketball, too, that they've been good the last couple of years, that it's always impressive that they can compete and give Wisconsin a handful. Let's Before I let you go, Zach, I want to take a peek at the last couple of games. They do have Northwestern, they have Rutgers at home, and then they have to go to Happy Valley, to Purdue, and then host Minnesota at home. Look, now I'm not trying to be overly optimistic or overly negative, but I see a strong possibility for three losses in the final game. I mean, at Purdue and at Penn State are obviously both really tough. And then at Northwestern is never a given. Is that out of bounds for me to think yeah. that they could lose three of five? You are. Yeah, that is that is the pessimist view for sure. Sure. Um, but hey, I I can I can see that. Like I I don't think they'll win at Penn State. I don't think there's a chance they'll win at Penn State. I do think you know even without I maybe have to change my opinion after uh, you know we, we'll see what, what happens at quarterback and they're missing a ton of defensive guys this week too yeah. not going to have Scott Nelson not going to have Dakota likely not going to have Dakota Dixon or Olivier Songapolu so it's just going to it's going to be a mess and you're likely going to have to outscore Northwestern and you know we'll see I, I this this game and the Purdue game are certainly I think toss-ups uh, especially after what we saw Purdue do to uh, Ohio State yeah. but 
I, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I have said, I said all year, I think they're going to go nine and three, and you know, I guess eight four wouldn't be a huge prize either now, but um, I still think that they find a way somehow, some way to go four and one down the stretch here and play in the Big Ten title game. But um, that is just uh, me wanting to be right about the, the record. So um, <laughs> more sure. than anything else. Uh, because they're toss-ups. I have no idea what's going to happen Saturday. I mean, we just we don't know. And Purdue, no idea. I, the only game that I, the only three games I know what's going to happen. I know they're going to rock Rutgers. I know they're going to beat Minnesota because that's what they do. Yep. And I know they're going to lose at Penn State because that's just an extremely tough place to play, and that's a good team over there. But the other two. It's, they're toss-ups right now. Yeah, they are, and, and it's going to be fascinating to watch this team down the stretch. Zach, I'm actually going to be in Madison tomorrow night, uh, Lacrosse Central coming over to play Monona Grove, and I'm going to be on the call for that game. I'm going to stay for the weekend. I'm not going to see you at Freak Fest in some crazy costume, am I? You will not. You will not. In Freak Fest, are you, are you going to Freak Fest? I am, yep. I'll be down there. Uh, you're too young to what not to know what Halloween used to be <laughs> on State Street. State Street and Halloween, it's, it's tame now. Now, if you... You look back about fifteen years. That's when that's when uh, Halloween State Street was was really uh, was really fun um, and led to a lot of. I won't even go there. Not even gonna go there. But a lot of good fun uh, down State Street, and I'm sure you'll have a lot of fun down there too. But uh, it's tame compared to what it used to be. That's a great message and information you're not getting anywhere else. Thanks, Zach. You're the man. I hope we talk soon. Thanks.